Welcome to another episode of J. Antoine Minor Speaks with your host, my dad, J. Antoine Minor Sr. Are you ready to be informed and enlightened? If so, you've come to the right place. From biblical revelation to political information, everyone listens when J. Antoine Minor Speaks. Are you ready? Are you set? Good. Now let's go. Here's my dad, J. Antoine Minor Sr. All right, all right, right. Ladies, ladies, good evening. Hopefully good you have, evening. Hopefully you have all you have had an amazing uh, weekend since our discussion on Friday. We are back today talking about the definition of a wife. Part two, and we're going to get Uh, as we say in in the world of preaching, uh, uh, I, I I won't hold you long. I won't be long, but we'll be strong. Uh, so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna pick up where we left off. Those of you who are watching us uh, via social media, via Facebook, we appreciate you. And I am multitasking, so bear with me while I multitask and. Get everything going the way that here we go. All right, so welcome back, ladies. Welcome back to everyone who is watching via social media, via Facebook. Um, we're excited. We're going to finish this up because this Friday we have the men who have agreed to come on and talk about the definition of a husband. Then we'll schedule a time. We're gonna have the men and the women come back. We're gonna to talk to each other about the definition of not just marriage, but the definition of a family. All right. And so um, let me just open up this Facebook here so that we can see exactly what the people are saying. Uh, I see comments are already coming through uh, on it. So we're gonna jump right into this. So, uh, the other day, I believe talking about, can you call him Lord? And I think some people, cause I got some messages afterwards and, and they really didn't understand when we said, call him Lord. We weren't saying just for clarification say, we weren't saying, you know, and I know Lenny, you touched on it. You said, you know, you don't have a problem calling him Lord. Um, but what we were, the gist of what we were talking about was not necessarily uh, the act of physically saying Lord, but we're talking about the, the respect aspect of it. Can you, can you respect him as that man? And, and, and can, do, can you see him as, as Lord, as Sarah saw Abraham? Can you see him in that manner? And so I wanted to just clarify that um today so those who were a little confused uh on friday had an opportunity to get some clarity today and we had an amazing audience on friday i think while we were actually live i think uh i think we had a uh between four and five hundred people that were actually watching us live um and so we hope to have those amazing numbers 
again today. So if you would, y'all go ahead and share it on your pages if you haven't already done so, so that others can tune in as well. But we're going back to, um, we're going to jump into our very next question. There's just the three of us today. So I think that'll help us get through it a little bit quicker. Um, no, I think last time we left off with, can you cover him? Um, we left off there. But we're going to go into our next question. And that question is, uh, we're going to talk about the power behind the throne. The power behind the throne. I often say that, um, you know, when you look at the president, whether it's the current president or it's the previous president, when you look at the president of the United States or, or, or any leader, especially male leader, um, what I've learned to realize is that they, they don't make all of the decisions themselves. Because there's some, that, that, you know, when you look at the kingdom and you look at kings and queens, a lot of people look at the queen as just, you know, she's just the pretty face. No, but she has power behind the throne because she has the ear of the king. And so many times his advisors will, when they cannot get to, uh, when they cannot get to her or get to him, they will go to her and at that point, um, be able to get access to him. Let me just turn this off because y'all know you go live. Everybody want to call your phone. Um, and so, you know, um, go ahead, go ahead. You can't see everybody on the live. Did you know that? I didn't. Let me see. Let me see him now on the live. It should populate my camera. Let me know if you switch over. Um, I'm on my phone, so I have to switch between uh, screens. Okay, it should. There we go. There we go. I didn't switch the view. Thank you. You on it. Uh, see, but again, that's the power behind the throne. That's what I'm talking about. That there's that there's that 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 wife is that voice that's in his ear. That, like you said last week, Lenny, you, you talked about. Uh, bigging him up, encouraging him, strengthening him. You're not you don't have to necessarily be at the forefront, but you understand your power behind the throne, that you have an access to him that is unlike any other. And so it, it's a huge responsibility. So who wants to talk about that? The, the power behind the throne. Like what, what, what level of responsibility does that, does that require? When you have that much access, especially when you're dealing with men of of influence, uh, men of authority, uh, men of power, um, and talk. Let's talk about that power behind the throne that um, that has his ear. Um, I did want to say something. Um, so I think that. When it comes to um, the power behind the throne, it to me, I look at it in a sense of checks and balances. Um, you know, he may have or he may want to do something that's really great and, um, you know, or just, you know, anything normal may have an idea or something like that. Um, and I believe that we as, um, you know, 
when we're in a relationship, um, you know, like in marriage, I feel like we should not necessarily like run it by us, not run, I'm not going to say run everything, you know, by our spouse, um, but certain things when he comes up with, you know, this great plan, this, you know, it's our, I feel like it's our job sometimes to um, look at it from every angle, um, to, to look at it objectively, uh, look at the pros and cons of something, um, you know, and not necessarily tell him what to do, but just give him our thoughts based on, you know, our, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, give our thoughts based on, you know, our viewpoint, you know, the whole checks and balances, because it may be something great, but have you done this, 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 that, and the third? Is this going to be feasible? You know, who is this going to benefit? You know, is this going to be a strain or a gain? You know, what is what it, what is this going to be? So I feel like they're definitely, have, like, when it comes to, like, power behind the throne, I think it's definitely more of a checks and balances thing. Like, he has an idea and... You know, check him on it, not in a rude or disrespectful way. That way, you know, everything will balance out, you know, okay. and, you know, things like that. Okay. Okay. Lenny? I don't think I understand what you're asking. Um, I don't, I don't understand the question. Okay. Let me try to clarify it a little, a little bit better. Okay. When you think of, um, as I said earlier, let's put it in, in a kingdom, from a kingdom mindset, from a kingdom perspective. You have the king, he's on the throne. He's, he's, he's the one that is making all of the decisions. Right. But truth be told, he's not making all of the decisions because his wife has a lot of influence in the decisions that he's making. Correct. And so many times uh, leaders, um, I know even in the church when I was married, when the people, when 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 my team and my staff could not get things through to me, mm -hmm. they knew that the power was behind the throne. Meaning, they would they would go to elect lady, and say, "Hey, can you talk to Bishop about this? He's not going to receive it from me." Mm -hmm. And so, you know, she had to be very careful. Right. That when she would bring things to me that she was not being used by others to try to manipulate or right. circumvent the system. Mm -hmm. And I had to trust that when she came to me, she was coming to me from a place where the Bible says, uh, when he talks about the Proverbs 31 woman, it says the heart of her husband does trust in her for right. she gives him no reason to doubt her. Exactly. And so hopefully that, that kind of gives a little more clarity on, on what I'm asking. When you think about that wife, mm -hmm. I believe she has a lot of power behind the throne, but you, she has to be trustworthy. Correct. You know, you, you see what I'm saying? Does, did okay. that help you out a little bit? Okay, so I understand that, but are you asking, am I, are we able to do that? Or are we comfortable in those shoes or? Or just to elaborate on that role period. Just to elaborate, elaborate. I, uh, <laughs> I just want to elaborate on 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 that well, on, on, I think on that it, portion of the role. You know, it's it's a very um, 
it goes back to being comfortable with yourself uh-huh. um, because uh, in knowing yourself and um, I think as a wife, one of the, the um, most important spiritual gifts that a wife should have is the spirit of discernment. Mm. Um, being able to dis- discern others and being able to discern her husband. Um, especially with the example that you gave. I know like with me, when I was married and even now in all of my relationships, meaning friendships and relationships, um, I know that I play a very powerful role when it comes to my friends. And when I'm in a relationship, I understand how powerful that role is as well. Um, I think that um, I think that to be able to operate in that role, you have to have a sincere heart and you have to be open to um, all ideas and you have to know your man um, well. Mm-hmm. I think whenever I've been in a situation, in my past, when I was in situations like that, um, I always prayed about it first. Like if, for example, I remember uh, we wanted to, my ex-husband wanted to buy a car and I didn't really think it was a good idea because I don't think any household should have more than one car payment. Um, I think that um, I'm a firm, I have a different view when it comes to finances anyway, when it comes to couples and finances. But I think that no household should have more than one car payment at a time. And at the time we hadn't finished paying off one car, but he wanted a new car. And I understood his desire, but I did not think it was a good idea. So okay. I didn't come off and say, no, babe, don't get a car. I knew that because he wanted it so badly, it was not the right time to say it. So whenever I had times like that in any relationship, even with my friends, when I know it's a tricky situation that it might not be received properly or um, well received, I always prayed about it. And I will say stuff like my prayer would be simple, like, God, you know, if it's for me to intervene in this situation, please open the door for me to do that. Or like when it came to my spouse, I would say, Lord, if it's if it's a, if you're cool with me selling him, I don't think it's a good idea. Like open his heart to receive it and have him ask me something so that I will it will open a door for me to say it. Um, and then and then you also got to make sure you word things the right way. You know, like you don't want to be like, no, nah, we ain't doing that. You know, mm-hmm. you have to make sure that you are that you are discussing these matters in love and in a language that he will receive it. You know, okay. you know, correction is good, but if it's delivered the wrong way, it's bad. You exactly, know. you have to have some tact when you deliver you have it. To have some tact. And I believe that, I definitely believe that, you know, they say a happy wife, a happy wife equals a happy life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really, I really believe that because what people don't understand that the role of a wife is we are, we are the atmosphere setters in the home. Okay. So I believe that um, because we're, we're caregivers, we, we set the atmosphere in our homes and in our environment. So uh, we have to make sure that when we have those conversations, you know, with our spouses, um, that we set the atmosphere correctly, you know. Um, 
I don't know if I answered your question or- I, I think you did. I do want to jump in on something you said, because I hear that a lot, a happy wife, a happy life. Now, although I agree with that to an extent, the way I see it is a happy spouse, a happy house, meaning both parties have to be happy because if the wife is happy, but he is not happy, she's eventually not going to be happy because his unhappiness is going to affect her happiness. And if he's happy, but she's not happy, then it's going to affect the house. It's going to affect his. So a happy house or a happy spouse, happy house. Um, when I think about the power behind the throne, it the question came to me from watching, I don't know if you ever watched, if either of you have ever watched the movie One Night with the King. Oh, it's my favorite movie. Yes. I know that story yeah. like the back of my head. <laughs> so, so in One Night with the King, you you and you know, you know, when um, Queen Esther or Hadassah, when when she got word that there was a plot and that there was uh, 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 there was some some things going awry behind the scenes. Um, the, when the king, you know. One of the parts of the movie that I really love is when she when she bursts into the, 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 the throne room and she begins to walk up the steps to the king and his armor bearer, who has all authority to do what he did, he begins to say protocol has been broken. And he goes to take his sword and 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 again, based on kingdom mandate, had he killed her. He would have been justified because protocol had been broken. But because the heart of her king trusted in her and she gave him no reason to doubt her, when the king saw that she had broken protocol, he understood who he had beside and behind him. And so when the armor bearer went to take off her head, he reached out his sepulcher and stopped. Go ahead. I see you about to jump in. Go ahead. Okay. You see, this is where I learned the art of seeking God first. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Because, you know, she was strategic with that. Yes. Thing. She knew that this man loved her, but she also knew that he loved his people and he loved his role. He, he loved all of that too. Yeah. But, he, but she knew that he loved her, but in a part of it, it was almost like, okay, I got to do this thing. But listen, I'm going to need y'all to pray and fast. And the reason why she wanted them to pray and fast along with her is because she knew that this was major. And Father, only you can provide room for me to even bring this issue to the table, like to bring it up. And she knew, she knew. And I believe that at that time, it was like she knew that she was going to need God's help with her because she knew what it was going to have to take mm -hmm. to do it. So with the people fasting and praying with her, they were building her up and she was building herself up spiritually and getting herself together. That's why she was comfortable. She wasn't comfortable. Let me take that back because she was little, but she was willing because she trusted God uh -huh. would set her up because she spent time before God pleading for the situation. So she yeah. knew that God was going to have her back. It wasn't that she knew so much the king was going to save her, but she knew the king was going yeah. to save her. Yeah. So she took time to 
crazy. She was strategic about that thing. She is an am- I love that, that story. So I, I was thinking about that when you, I was like, is he talking about what I think he's talking about? Okay, so we were here. So, um, and I think even with, she, even after she did that, it took so much out of her. Remember she collapsed? Yeah. It took so yeah. much out of her. Um, and then on top of that, that wasn't even the master plan. Exactly. You know, so it was like she thought she went before God. Okay, God, how do I do this thing? I know I need to do this. I know this is my purpose, but how do I do this thing? And it was just like the way she planned out. But the key thing is, is that she went before God first because at the end of the day, he's the ultimate source. She, she knew that God would open up his heart. So it's the same thing. It's like when, when, as wives, that's why I tell people, when you become a wife, your hobby needs to be praying. Mm. And, and, and you need you to, that needs to be your hobby before you become a wife. Before, too. before, before, yeah. before. And you know, you ever notice like in the book of Proverbs, you always, they will always refer to reason as she and her. Mm. You know, we are the voice of reason. That's we are right. supposed to be the voice of reason. That's why in Proverbs 31, it talks about when she speaks, it talks about she speaks intelligently, she speaks knowledge. She, yeah. when she speaks, you know, it means something. This is why it's important. My mom used to say, you know, God gave you two ears and one mouth. You listen. Listen you more and listen speak more less. You talk. And yeah. I think with women, we really implement that. And you know what's so funny? Because that's the one thing women ch- are challenged with. Yeah. We speak mm. too soon. <laughs> and I think we're always challenged in the key areas that God needs to use us in. So it's like a woman, her hobby should be beforehand praying and learning how to listen and not listening and hearing what you want to hear, but listening to what's actually being said, you know? And I think that when you are the wife or the person behind the throne, I think that it's important that you are discerning, Mm -hmm. that you are able to hear, hear physically and spiritually, and that you are constantly prayed up for your position. It's kind of like, even with church, I remember um, um, when I when I served in ministry, right? And my job was to, um, my husband's job was, he did the audio visual stuff, right? I did the praise and worship stuff and a couple other things. But I will listen, I, I will be, it, while my, my, my pastor would be speaking, I would be praying in tongues. Like I would be praying within myself because our job is to help with the flow of the service, right? Mm-hmm. So I would say, I will whisper to my husband, like, okay, it's time for you to play music now. He's getting ready. Before he would even move. You, ante- you anticipated the need. I am anticipating, and I am within the spirit. I'm in the same vibe. Uh, my daughter yeah. calls him, we vibe it. I already know what yeah. you want to you're, do. You're, you're in the vein. Y'all, y'all right. both are flowing in the, you're flowing flowing in the same vein. And when you're married, you should be in the same vibe with your spouse. Because you should know him and he should know you. You should know the heart of him. And see, that was the key thing with her. She knew the heart of her king. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, and it's so, it's so amazing. Oh, so you got me messed up. That That's, that's, that's <laughs> it for me. The thing about it, she knew the heart of her king. She knew a part of him that no one else knew. That's yeah. right. She knew that his love for his people. I mean, like, what man wants to hear... Um, want someone to read them the the past um 
of the of his people so that he could it was almost like he was studying his 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 country or his land or the people that he was overseeing because he didn't want to miss the beat because he had such a heart for the people that he was leading yeah because those scrolls were the tales of their history that's yeah. right so she knew no one else knew how much he loved his people like who wants to read about their people as they go to sleep you know what i mean so yeah. it was like she knew she was like okay he has a heart for the people. I have a heart for the people. They were vibing. So it yeah. was like she knew how to do that. So that's why it's important to, as a wife, we should pay attention to our husbands. You know, like pay attention to their patterns. Pay attention, study their patterns and study study how they look. Because, you know, as a wife, sometimes you got to love your husband beyond what he teaches you. Mm. You learn how to really, and that's how you really learn how to serve. Yeah. Because I remember one day I asked a question on my page. It blew my mind. I asked a question on my page. I asked the men, what can your woman do to show you she appreciates you, right? Not one man on that, on that commented, and I think I had like maybe 60-something comments. No one, none of the men knew what mm. they needed to feel appreciated, right? I asked the women the same question the next day. I mean, they was, oh, he brought me flowers and I don't know at all. And what that told me was that the women are not paying attention to their man. That's right. Because if, if I'm around you long enough, even as a friend, I'm going to study you. Oh, you like Pepsis. Okay. Okay. Mm. Oh, you like M&M's with the nuts in them. Okay. Okay. So if you come to my house as my guest, guess what? I know you're coming. So I'm going to have Pepsi and I'm going to have That's peanuts. Right. The M&M's with peanuts. That's because I care enough for you that I want to serve you and I want you to feel love when you're in my presence. Why? Because you matter right. to me and I want mm. you to know that you matter. That's, That's good. Right. But a lot of women do that, but they are afraid to display it because of their past hurts. And That's I think a and it, lot it makes of times them feel vulnerable. It makes them yeah. feel vulnerable and people are afraid of feeling vulnerable especially when you get a certain age and you don't have a, a certain amount of heartaches or a certain amount of felt relationships, people are afraid of being a vulnerable. And when you, you are a wife, you have to be, when you are a husband, you have to be, you have to take that risk. I heard, um, I love Sarah Jakes Roberts. She is like my sister in my head. Like that is my <laughs> sister. You can't tell me we're not related. And she was talking about her husband, um, Pastor Torre. And they were in the beginning stages of their relationship and he was ready to break up with her because he was feeling too vulnerable. And so she checked him. She was like, oh, so you're afraid of love. You want love, but you are afraid of what you want. Mm. But she was, she was strong enough in her faith and knew her, husband, knew her future husband well enough to know, you know what? And she was able to remind him. She was able to remind him that I'm not going to hurt you. Yes. I'm not. But she, it took her observing her mate to see his fear. And I think that as a wife, in order to make, to push your husband in the right way, in order to um, encourage him and know what to bring to him and know what not to bring to him, you have to study him and study That's his true. heart. Because a lot of times, especially if you are, I've never been a first lady or I've never desired to be a first lady or anything like that, but <laughs> I imagine that as a first lady of someone who's in leadership and when people come to you, to, it's kind of like if you're a parent. 
your child, mm-hmm. the, daughter, the, the, the children can go to the mom first because they want to. Then the mom can butter up the dad, right? But yeah. as your as your as your wife, I'm supposed to. You know, I'm not even go to your daddy with that. I can already tell you the answer to that. Mm. You become a buffer because reviving. I know your heart, and even as a pastor, as that first lady, she should know. Like my 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 at my church, abundant life ministries. What's up? Um, <laughs> Like, and that's one thing I love and I admire about Bishop Parker and Pastor Parker. Um, I admire that about them because you can tell that they are a team. And like, if we're discussing mm-hmm. something, she like, I will take it to Bishop, but I'm going to pray about that first. You know, yeah. and I, I admire that about them, you know, and, yeah. um, and I think, well, I think that, you know, as a woman, as a wife, as a partner, it's important, it's important that we pray and we pay attention to the details, the unspoken details, because a lot of times we can, we can alleviate some of the headache and the heartache and the stress off our mates, our, ourselves. We are there to protect them as well. That's right. And um, yeah. I hope I answered your question or... It, you you did, it. you did. And it, oh, sorry, I'll wait. It takes me to, um, and I think as you were talking, I was saying to myself, this is the question that I need to make sure that I ask the men and, and pose it to the men in, in the form of, can, can you, you know, can you see her, um, I have to figure out how to pose it to the men, but when you talked about Esther, and how she went before the Lord and asked God to, to help her with the task that was at hand because, you know, and she did. She fainted as she approached the king because she understood she understood the consequences. But she also understood her king, her husband, her, her, her man, that she was willing to endure the consequences because what he loved, she loved. And, and and so, you know, she. you said something else. You said that she knew how he felt about his people. And so she would read to him about his people while he laid at night. It was, it, you know, when I think about that movie, it was amazing how all the other women that they brought in to be with the king, uh, she was the only one. The rest of them, you know, they, they, well, what do you like? And, you know, they were, they were being catered to. But when it got to her, she said, no. What fragrance does he like? He like you know, she, she was concerned about him. How do I please him? How do I become mm-hmm. pleasing to him? And in that sense, you know, when you talk about the fact that she knew the things that, she, that he loved, she also knew his vulnerabilities. She understood. And that's what I mean when I talk about the power behind the throne, that you have power because you know the in-depth vulnerabilities of that man. Right. You know, you, you've seen that man, you know, if anyone has ever seen that man cry, it is probably going to be you, his mm-hmm. mama, and that's it. You mm-hmm. know, because he tr- the, heart of, the heart of her husband does trust in her for she gives him no reason to doubt. So right. he exposes his vulnerabilities to her, which mm-hmm. gives her, which gives her an, an intense level of power over him in a sense, mm-hmm. that he must trust that she is not going to misuse it right. against him. Right. Because I was saying the other night, um, 
after we got off the live, I said, we have to be very careful. I said, because men are not easily vulnerable. No. But when we, but when we get to a place that we trust you enough to be vulnerable, if you violate that trust, you will never get it back. And if you do, it will cost you dearly to yes. get that trust back. Yes. Because if I open up enough to you to show you my vulnerability, and then you mishandle me and my right. vulnerability, exactly. Now I cannot trust you anymore. Right. And when I cannot trust you, I I, I have a turtle, and my turtle name is well, the turtle was named Sheldon. He was named Sheldon, but then we went outside the other day, and my daughter said, "Daddy." I think those are eggs. So we realized that Sheldon is really I saw that Shelly <laughs> and Shelly is laying babies everywhere. And Lord so Jesus. I I always look at I always look at the turtle as a as a as a, a kind of a uh, uh, an example of myself because the turtle is grumpy. I know I'm grumpy. And oh so and the turtle, the turtle is one of the, the turtle, whenever you come near the turtle, the turtle would hiss. <laughs> and, but it wouldn't hiss at my daughter it would hiss at me and my son and I, I researched to figure out why is this turtle hissing why do, it's not a snapping turtle so why is it hissing is it, am, I, am I in danger so when I researched it said no you're not in danger the turtle is hissing because the turtle is experiencing anxiety the turtle is frustrated it is angry and it is unsure so it's hissing at you because you're getting on its nerves basically right. but when my daughter would go and pick up the turtle you know we touched the turtle the turtle would go back in the shell and pull itself all the way in when my daughter picked up the turtle the turtle would come out of the shell put his put her hand on my daughter's hand let my daughter rub the head and the turtle would be fine and so i looked at the turtle and i said this is how a lot of men are especially me when the turtle feels like it's safe, you see the turtle come out of its shell. But the minute it senses danger or vulnerability, the turtle retracts back into its shell and goes into hiding and will stay there until it senses that it's safe again. Mm -hmm. And if, if you violate the trust of the turtle, now, now that the turtle is having babies, my daughter went out there and she picked up the turtle and the turtle hissed at her for the first time. And we realized that the turtle hissed because we were getting too close to the eggs. And yeah. so, but, but, but usually when we go around the turtle, especially me and my son, even if we open the door, because the turtle is outside, when we open the door, the turtle stops in her tracks and slowly retracts back in her shell. And she doesn't come out until a few minutes after we go back in and she hears the door closed. But now I've noticed that when we go out and we're around her now, she's completely extended out of her shell. She's walking around, she's looking up at us. The other day she blinked at us and we're sitting there saying, wow, this is interesting. Which says to me that she has learned to trust that we will do her no harm. Right. And, and her, her eggs were kind of like scattered all over the place. So I dug a hole and she watched us I, we gently picked up the eggs and we put the eggs inside the hole and we left it because we didn't know what to do. So we ripped, so we we walked away and when we turned around, she had walked over to the hole and pushed dirt over it and covered the eggs. And so she's not running from us because now she's learned to trust us. And so that's how a lot of men are. 
once we learn to trust you, once you've earned our trust, we come out of our shell fully extended. But if you do something that violates that trust, we hiss and we retract back into our shell because now I don't trust you anymore. So mm -hmm. I think when, it, when we talk about that power behind the throne, you know, that, that woman yields a lot of power because she knows his, she knows his deep, dark secrets. I used to tell people all the time as a preacher, we wear white collars, but we got dark secrets. Mm -hmm. And so we have to trust the first lady or the wife that we have that she can cover us because you may see Archbishop mm -hmm. flowing and moving. You may see Bishop Chris Parker flowing, but his wife sees Chris. Mm -hmm. You know, she understands he's the bishop, but she sees Chris. She knows all of his vulnerabilities. I mean, they've been together since what, high school? Yep. She knows all of his vulnerabilities. She knows all of his weak points. She knows all of his pressure points. She knows how to push his buttons. He knows how to push hers, but he trusts her. And, that, and, 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 and when, when a man trusts you, all you, you, you got a lot of power. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I mean when I talk about that power behind the throne, not just having it, but being responsible with it. That you don't mishandle and misuse that trust and lose it because once you lose his trust, many times you've lost him. Right. But go you ahead, know, Jasmine. no, no, go ahead, go ahead, Jasmine. Go ahead, Jasmine. Oh, I was just gonna say something um, from uh, something you were uh, saying earlier, Lenny. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of um, something you were mentioning about um, about knowing how to. Uh, when you said uh, the post you had made asking um, the men, I think it was how, you know, their women, um, I think it's, um, or you asked the women how, you know, they feel appreciated or something like that. You said, I'm yeah. sorry, don't quote me on it. I'm not, I don't have the greatest memory. Um, and they really didn't know how to respond. Um, I just wanted to um, say something really quick to that because, um, I thought about something. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of um, people talk about like love languages and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, love languages. Had, yeah, so I had someone, when you said that, it was like, you know, that's so important because um, in relationships, in marriages, we have to know how to properly love our spouse, you know, or love our future spouse the way that they need to be loved. Um, me, I'm a very affectionate person. My daughter is very affectionate. Um, when she wants something, she's very affectionate. Oh, um, I was about to say, who are you talking about? Not that when, she, when she wants something, she's very affectionate. But um, but the, the person, um, for instance, um, you know, so for me, uh, quality time is my love language. And I was having a hard time um, at the very beginning of the relationship that I'm in now because I was, you know, because of the situation that we were dealing with. And so I had, you know, sat and asked one day, you know, well, um, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I, you know, I remember asking um, something along the lines of, um, how do you need me to love you? Something like that, I had asked him. And his response to me was, um, show me that you appreciate me. 
you know, even with the small things, you know, just um, reassuring um, words of affirmation, you know, for him. Um, you know, it wasn't so much, you know, quality time and everything like that was good, but like reassurance, reassuring him that he's doing a good job because everyone else can tell him he's doing a good job, but, you know, hearing it from the person he's with, you know, means a lot more. And so I think that when we get into these relationships, you know, when we're looking for, you know, when we're, when we're, the word I'm looking for, when we're in relationships or when we're married, we have to know how to, um, and I said it before, we have to know how to love that person the way they need to be loved and not the way we think they need to be loved because we will literally, you know, love them to death, that they'll get sick of us, you know, we'll love them the way we think they need to be loved, you know, and it'll seem like smothering, which is, you know, why I have problems in other relationships, just to be transparent. Um, and so this time I wanted to, you know, make sure that the person that I'm with, that I'm loving them the way they need for me to love them, you know, so I just, I wanted to piggyback off of what you said, because it, that is very important to it's know very important. how to love your spouse and how to love your future spouse and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, my mom gave me the worst advice my mom ever gave me. It's like horrible advice. But the worst advice my mom ever gave me concerning relationships is she told me, I remember I was shopping for my, um, my ex-husband for, for Christmas. And she said, well, just buy him something that you think you would like, you know, <laughs> do for him, love him like you want to be loved because then you're loving him and teaching him how to love you at the same time. Mm. And that was the worst advice ever, <laughs> ever, because at that time in my life, I was the gifts. That was my yeah. love language. And that's because that's how I was taught. My mom, she showed me she loved me like she, you know, and by buying me things. So I thought, okay, at that point, that was me. Oh, send me flowers. Now. I like flowers now. Tulips, read that. Um, <laughs> but, um, but that was the thing. Um, but um, as I grew older, like now, the, my love language is time yeah like spend time with me give me your attention you know make me feel like I'm a priority that's my love language um and at the so with my ex-husband his was words of affirmation yeah and he like touched right well I wasn't raised in uh, I wasn't raised reared or whatever in a home that was very touchy like my mom never hugged me um my dad wasn't around we won't like the huggy dovey type family yeah. um we want like, um, it was just like you work, provide, say, you know, say thank you, that kind of thing. It was never the lovey-dovey thing. You know, I never saw, I never saw a wife massage her husband's shoulders. I, I never grew up seeing with my aunts or anybody, husband and wife. Yeah. Mm. I didn't, I didn't get that blessing. So I did not know, I, I tell people all the time, like, I did not know how to be a wife, but a single mom, I got down pat. Mm, Horrible, right? right? It, that's horrible absolutely horrible yeah but because when we were divorced I didn't miss a beat like I told you I didn't miss a beat I knew how to do that I saw that done but yeah. I did not know how to be a wife because I never saw that I wasn't forced to go to church so I didn't have to see that plus when I was going as a kid um my pastor was a lady and her husband didn't go to her church because he didn't believe in female pastors mm. so I didn't get to see that so now as an adult when I'm seeing these couples um love each other 
shot up on the line. I'm gonna tell y'all something. We got some lovey dovey couples in my church. <laughs> so to see it, it's like, what? You know? But anyway, yeah. that's what I was saying. You know, I was just about to say that to you uh, when you were talking. I was going to say that you can tell by your conversation and what you say that you're under good pastoral leadership Absolutely. and that what you are speaking is being, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's being, it's on display there. Yes. So, so you're, you're witnessing those, the relationships that you're talking about. You're witnessing. But, ho but hold up. I've only been a member of Abundant Life Ministries for a year. Mm. So what I've learned about marriages and relationships, literally I had to learn by mistakes and God. Uh, and when I when I was looking for a church here, I wanted to see it. And I think I think God knew it was necessary for me to see it. And so he put me um at Abundant Life Mission. That's that right there all in itself is a testimony. It was crazy. Um so when he put me there, it was like, okay, God, this is where you want me to go. And then I and, and it was like everything I needed, everything I needed for my life, for my kids, for the moment I was in was there. And it's continuously there. You know what I mean? That's so amazing. but like um when I saw what what I was talking about was loving my husband and where I messed up was I spent five years loving him like I wanted to be loved and we were bumping heads and yeah. he was loving me the way he wanted to be loved and we were bumping heads and finally mm. one and what happened was real talk been very transparent it wasn't until he cheated that I learned how important those things were because yeah. it was through her rubbing his shoulders, simply rubbing his shoulders is what made him, you know, sway. And I thought, okay, okay, I can do it. So it was like, then I started saying, okay, God, I'm doing this wrong. Show me how to love this man. And the prayer came back from God. I, I'm going to forgive him, but let me forgive him the way you forgive us. So I really literally had to fast and pray the, this forgiveness on me because I did not want my, I did not want to lose my husband. I wanted to love him. I wanted to be the one that provided him with the love that he desired. And so I literally said, okay, God, okay, cut off that girl because that ain't right. I don't, I don't want that. I started, I stopped listening to people that won't marry. Mm -hmm. I, I, even my mother, I remember my mom, I said, I, my mom, her name was Val. She was calling. She was like, "This is what you need to do." I said, "Uh, uh, uh, -uh. you've been single all my life. You mm. can't tell me what works. I need to talk to somebody who, who's working." And so, what yeah. I did was, I found a mentor wife. She didn't know she was my mentor, but my um my ex husband's uh, aunt and uncle. They were the couple that I thought was like the G couple, and they were the boss couple. So what I would do is I would try my best to spend as much time with her as I could because I saw where their life had flourished and mm -hmm. I knew her testimony. Her testimony wasn't about cheating, but it was about sacrifice. And no matter what the sacrifice is, we're going to sacrifice something. I wanted to be able to figure out, okay, how is she doing this? 
because I need help. And when I realized her secret was praying, mm. she and I started praying. I was praying about everything. Lord, help me see this macaroni <laughs> cheese so he, so, he can, so he'll like it. Okay, God, show me how to iron his clothes right. Or Lord, show me what to do. Or okay, God, I don't know how to get massages, but I would put oil on my hands, y'all. I was like, okay, God, help these hands, Jesus, because I want to rub my husband better than any other person who rub my husband. And I, I'm serious, y'all. I'm telling y'all the truth. And I remember we went to this marriage retreat, right? For the church I went to in Raleigh, Charlotte Eagles Christian Center. Um, um, I, when I went there, and we had a marriage retreat, right? And our first lady told us. She said, you know what I do? I read them articles about them um, side chicks or the women that are having the, that are the uh, people they're having affairs with because I'm going to find out their secrets because I'll be doggone some other woman going to come and do something I can do. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. So I, started, I started like, so I would talk to him like, so babe, what else? You know, like, jump, so what else does she do? Okay. Now he don't know. You know, he reviving and I'm taking note. Okay, so she, uh, mm-hmm. okay, she rubbed the shoulder. <laughs> I'm going to rub his shoulder and his back, you know, like, mm. but that was with me, you know, yeah. I, I was, I was determined that no one, and then I got this whole thing about no one's going to out love, outdo me loving mine. That's right. Good. So when he goes to where else, can't nobody else tell me because he can be like, nah, my wife do that better. Mm-hmm. I don't know what she put on his hands. He's not going to know what's healing oil. You know what I mean? And I started <laughs> I mean, what's that smell? That's frankincense and myrrh. You know what I'm saying? They don't know. They don't know. That's the olive oil out the um. So, I mean, I'm just being very honest and very transparent. Like, but I started paying attention to him, and I started watching him, and I knew that he came home and he liked to sit at his computer at the table, right? So when he come on, I already have a set. They have his plate right beside it. Have I have everything right there that I know he like? And he'll come up. I was like, "Baby, you good?" You know, like mm-hmm. I paid attention, and that won him over. You know, you you said something that um, that a lot of people say, but I don't think they really catch what it is that they're saying. You said you paid attention, and I I taught on this a little while ago. And I talked about the cost of paying attention. Because when you talk about paying attention, that means attention is going to cost you something. You have to be willing to pay it. So we talk about, you know, I paid attention. Yes, in your paying attention, that attention costs something. And 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 there was a there was a, a, a desired yield from the ability to pay attention. You know, can you pay attention? Do you have the currency in you to give attention where attention is needed? Because that's the only way, because if you can't afford attention, there's no way for you to pay for it. You can't pay for what you can't afford. So can you afford to give that man the attention that is needed without feeling like you're being cheated. You know, because I think sometimes that's what happens is, um, so I, I've heard women, even in my even in my own life, uh, I remember my ex-wife used to say, you know, why do I always gotta pay attention to you? 
I need to pay attention to me. I need to focus on me. And and I used to be like, but in what you're doing for me is helping you because as God increases me, he's increasing us. He's strengthening us. So it's, it's but she didn't see it that way. You know, she didn't see it that way. Attention costs too much for her. It was too high of a price to pay. And I think a lot of times women, um, and I'm going to talk to the men about this as well. A lot of times women feel that attention to that man and to his needs. What does he desire? What, like you said, like, like y'all both said, how do you, how, how does he need you to love him? I've said this to even my staff at times. I've said, if I hire you to do a job, I didn't hire you to do the job the way you want to do it. Even if you know how to do it. I hired you to do it the way I need you to do it, you know, and don't deviate. Just stick to the script, stick to the plan. It may seem crazy. There's a method to my madness, but what I need you to do, I need you to do it the way I need you to do it. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that goes even in marriage and relationship, even when it comes to intimacy. How does he desire to be pleased? How does she desire to be pleased? And if, if you are focused on how he desires to be pleased, and he is focused on how you desire and need to be pleased, then both of you leave the situation pleased, and then there's no room for anyone else That's right. to come in. That's why I said last week, I don't believe in 50-50 in, in, in relationships, because whenever there is 50-50, you leave 50% for something else. So I believe, and I know people say, well, you know, 50-50, that means, you know, you, you got your part. But what I'm saying is, in a relationship, I'm going to give all to you. You give all to me. So it's for me, it's 100-100, because if it's 50-50, then that means I've left 50% of myself for someone else or something else to gain access to. And so I, I love what you both have said about being able to um, not just you know, as your mom said, girl, get them something that, you know, get something you would buy yourself. Well, not necessarily because I don't want no thong for my birthday. Don't bring me one. I don't know. What? I know. What'd you, what'd you, what'd you, what'd you say? I said Ephesians 5. You, you said you don't want no what? I said no Ephesians. Thong. Now listen, let me tell you no something. Read. For those of you who are listening, I don't let me want tell you something. Samson, <laughs> Samson, I forget exactly what translation it is, when Delilah asked Samson, what did it take? What was the secret to, to getting his, his, his strength? Samson responded to Delilah. And Jasmine, you've heard me teach this and you've seen the text. Samson responds to Delilah when she asks him, how, how can someone take your strength? Samson says, tie me up with wet thongs. That's what he said now. That's, that's in the book. That's in the book. It's in the book. I, it's in the book. Jasmine, am I right? Am I right? Is it in yes. the book? We read it. I forget exactly which translation it was in, but he said, "Tie me that up." That sounds like the message, song. huh? That sounds like the message. It, 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 it might, because that's usually what I teach out of. But that's what he said. He said, "Tie me up with wet thongs," and whatever she did, she, <laughs> she, he trusted her enough that he told her his most vulnerable secret. And 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 she used that. <laughs> I want to find that scripture. It's in uh, Judges. 
But it's but you all are correct. But let but I want huh? I want to get us out of here uh, in a few minutes. I do want to <laughs> ask this question. I want to ask these last two questions. I'm gonna ask them at the same time, and then we can discuss them uh, uh, at the same time. The first one is, or, or not a, not a, um, well, it is a statement. Uh, the day after we get married, now what? And then the next one is, uh, can you handle what's left? Um, so the day after we get married, now what? You know, uh, I remember when- Knock when in I got, the booth. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I remember when, when, <laughs> I remember when I got married, I <laughs> Oh Jesus! That's on oh. the wedding night. Okay. I and remember the day after. when when I, I and the day after. I remember that. when I got married. That's right. Yeah, I remember. When, I remember. When, I'm just. Bless the Lord. I remember when I got married. Um, one of the ministers came. Um, it was the. It, it was literally the next day. We got married on that Saturday. I was pastoring in New York and I had to be in the pulpit that Sunday. We weren't going anywhere yet. So I was going to be in the pulpit on that Sunday. Um, and so I remember we were in church and we were in service and everybody was praising. And one of the one of the armor bearers walked over to my ex-wife and said to her, he said, he said, Lady Minor, he said, yesterday was the wedding. Today the marriage starts. Now what? And 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 she was like at a loss, like, huh? Because a lot of and this is what really prompted me to to do this this uh this this panel is a lot of women are focused on the wedding day. Oh, I want a big wedding day. I want to. I want a big. You. My mother always said a big wedding oftentimes lead to a, a big divorce. That's right. So. A lot of women want to get married, but they don't. They don't want to. They don't want the responsibilities of the marriage. So That's you right. have the big ceremony. You have the limo. You have the nice dress. You you said yes to the dress. You did all of that good stuff. Now the marriage. Now now the day after is the marriage. Now what? You know, speak to those women in that regard who. Who, who may be may be married, may have recently gotten married, may be about to get married. Speak to them so that they understand the now what aspect of the marriage, not the ceremony. Jasmine, you want to go first? Oh, I was going to ask you because I want to make sure I got all my thoughts. I got something, but I want to make sure I got everything together. You can go first. <laughs> okay. All right, so I'm going to tell you, okay, well, in the engagement, right, mm -hmm. um, this is when you work on your game plan. Mm -hmm. This is when you go over the job descriptions. Um, when I have uh, a friend of mine who, uh, I have a cousin who's engaged, right? She just got engaged over the spring. 
think it was spring, might have been over oh, Christmas, last Christmas. And she came and we was like, oh my God, you're in Engage. Oh my yes, 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 yes. So I we were all happy. And then I said, okay, let's get the game plan going. She was like, okay, I want to do the wedding. This is what I watched. No, 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 no. Let's do the life game plan. Let's be proactive on what you want your life to look like as a wife. I said, you need to go to your um, future husband, okay, and tell him he has 30 days to put up a job description for you. And you take the same 30 days and you come up with a job description. Okay, in those 30 days, you guys go out to dinner and you present each other with a job description. Okay, I suggest the dinner because people are willing to accept more. They, they are more open to stuff when you're eating. They're yeah. more open for the conversation. It eases up the, it eases up the atmosphere. And you read up the job descriptions and you th and you take it, don't make a decision right then, and you pray over it and you think about it. Can you handle that job description? Mm. Right. And at the end of it, make sure you put subject to change because it will change. Are you willing to take this job description knowing that more can be added to it for this person? Mm. Okay. So there you go. You know, okay, so you know, if he wants a woman that can cook and clean, look nice all the time, I mean, and be detailed. Babe, I really don't want you to get over 250. I like him thick, but not beastie. Um, that kind of thing. Um, she could say, well, babe, this is where I'm going to put in my job description more than two times a week. You know, that kind of thing. Um, you know, um, in my job description, I want to say we will always sleep in the same bed mm -hmm. together. Um, my best friend put in hers, I want to shower with you every night. I don't know what that's about. I hope they got a big shower. But my <laughs> thing is, those are the things that they want. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, then I, I said, okay, once you get that, you decide you can do that now, that kind of thing. That's something you can handle. And if he can handle yours, okay, you're good there. Then I want you to go back and say, okay, where do you see yourself in five years? That kind of thing. So basically, doing the engagement, I'm not worrying about planning the wedding. I can pay somebody to do that. But only we can plan our lives. You and I and God mm -hmm. can do the life thing. So when you ask the day after we get married, now what? We activate the plan. I already know what you want. You already know what I want. Let's get a pop and bro, what's up? You know, that kind of thing. We're adding out the plan. I'm going to, okay, this is what you want. I already know. I ain't got to ask you, baby, how you want it. I already know. Mm -hmm. And part of my job, part of my thing is I want a man who's going to be honest with me no matter if it hurts. That's right. Because I want you to respect me enough to tell me the truth and allow me to make the decision whether or not I can handle that or not. Yeah. Because majority of the time, I'm going to love you so much. I'm like, okay, baby, we're gonna, it's going to be tough. We're going to work through that bad boy. That kind of thing. You know what I mean? So we're going to activate the plan. We're going to start working that thing out. Okay. All right, babe. Honeymoon was great. Let's go ahead and pop the savings accounts up. We're going to do one. In, we're paying all the bills out of your lower income. Okay, great. We're going to split this in half. Okay, great. We're going to have that $20,000 in our savings account. By the end of the year. That kind of thing. You know, we're going to activate the plan. The plan that we've already come up with, that we prayed about. Um, that's, that's it. So we what go into it fully aware 
of the expectations of each other. And these are not just, it's not just me telling you what I want and you telling me what you want, but it's us also coming together and coming to an agreement mm -hmm. on what each other wants so that you can't say, well, I didn't know, and I didn't, I didn't agree That's to that. Right. And yeah, you, you said it, but I never said I was cool with it. No, we have not just laid out what we expect from right. each other, what we desire, but we've also both agreed that we have the currency and we can afford this and we are willing to embark on on this journey together, mm -hmm. fully aware of what each other expects so that neither one of us is blindsided. So now if we continue into the, into the engagement and we make it to the wedding, then that tells me that you are in agreement with what down. we have discussed because you've already said you're in agreement because we've had the conversation. Right. And the fact that we're now at the altar right once we make it like you said once we make it to the day after and the now what mm -hmm. now it's time to activate right we anticipate like now twins, we activate when the twins activate <laughs> i'm serious it's kind of like um when you know people say um, you don't come up with the master plan after you need the plan. That's right. You know, um, and that also goes back to knowing who you are, knowing what you yeah. accept, knowing what you can handle, and both of you being mature within an engagement process. Say, okay, I look. You you said you want me to hang from the ceiling, bro. I can't do that. You know. <laughs> You say, and I'm being honest. I'm being. I'm using yeah. as a, as a, you know, yeah. or yeah. you saying, you saying you don't want me. You, I'm only gonna get five hundred dollars a month for pocket money, <laughs> bro. Let's talk about that. I need a G. Yeah. You know, that's when you come and you negotiate. Cause you know what, that's marriage good. is a contract. That's right. It is. But the 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 blessing with this contract is that it's coming with love. It's coming with spiritual benefits is coming with all these blessings that's going to come from that you know um with with my ex-husband and i i know people like when i talk to my friends they're like why did y'all get divorced we married for the wrong reasons we married for the wrong reasons but we came in proactive we were pregnant you know we we wanted something we were dating each other and, and living with each other and shacking and our family and our, and our mothers kind of like they didn't pressure us but they kind of <clears throat> all the time. Like we, when we decided to get married, it was no elaborate engagement. We were literally sitting out eating spaghetti. He was on one end of the table talking to his mom, I was on the other end. Of the table, and both of them were talking about, y'all don't need to be living there like that. And so is y'all living in sin. God can't bless that. And you know, no, no, no. And we literally hung up the phone and we're eating in quiet because now we all busted and disgusted. And he looks up at me and I look up at him and he's like, you want to get married? And I was like, sure. And we kept right on eating and called our parents the next day. Oh, we're getting married, you know? And then when we were both hesitant about, okay, maybe we should slow down, we found out we were pregnant. And coming from two single homes, two single parent homes, it was like, we thought that we were doing something by getting married and giving them a two parent home, but we were not 
meant to be. And what happened was, and we did this. Okay, this is how we go. We, we knew how we were going to talk. We, we're playing so much about parenting, finances, um, that kind of thing. But we never planned on how we needed to be loved. We never planned on the coupling part. We knew we wanted, we knew we had a kid coming. Y'all, we planned so detailed with our child that we already knew how we were going to get a talk. And we were pregnant. Mm. But we didn't plan on how to continuously pursue each other mm-hmm. and how to continuously be each other's boyfriend and girlfriend even after the rain. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we married each other out of respect for each other. And uh, a lot of people say, well, were y'all in love? I think that we were in a lot of lust and we grew to love. We grew to love each other. That's being very honest. This is why I say, you know, God, you know, I'm not bitter about it. He's not bitter about it because when we split, we knew what was up. You know what I mean? Like we were mature. It took us 10 years to realize we don't have to be together to be great parents to these children. You know, I can still be a great parent to my kids by being a great co-parent to you. We started out as great friends and then we ended up at a point where we couldn't stand to look at each other. You know what I mean? And so it was like, okay, that's that's not healthy. This is not healthy. And so, but we did all the planning and that's why I was like, God, you know what? Someone asked me, are you going to get married again? I joke a lot on, um, on our podcast. I joke a lot. No, I'm not getting married. Being funny, but I know I'm going to get married. I'm, I'm a wife. I don't know how to be anything other than that. And I don't have any other desire to be anything other than that. So back to what your question was, the day after we activate this plan because we about to get this money and these blessings. <laughs> That's right. And we about to change the world. <laughs> because my boo, we yeah. don't change the world. We know That's what I'm right. saying? Like, it is what it is. I, he, my heart is for people. My heart is for building people and making people better and encouraging them to make themselves better and look with the, and my mate has to be the same way i know that he's gonna have to have that kind of heart i know that these things are possible because if, if it wasn't possible god would put the desire in me you know what i mean mm-hmm. and yeah. i know that um there's a plan and i know that god's gonna give me somebody who's gonna come in so we can activate this plan so we can one of like I hear my my bitches they do this thing uh, where they tag team, you know, yeah. they tag team. And I remember I remember one Sunday the first time I ever heard it, he was he was ministering and he was like, "Yo, old Dougie, I'm about to tag you in." And I was like, "Dougie," he was like, six six minutes, Dougie Fresh, you're on." And I'm like, "Yo, Dougie Fresh is here." And then he was like, six minutes, Dougie Fresh, you're on, 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 on. And she said, on, on, on. And she took over the mic and boom, it didn't miss a beat. Why? Because they are on the same purpose, on the same mission. They're vibing, their spirits are entwined. And it's all because they took time. They dated each other. They knew each other. God blessed them spiritually. It was all matched. And so I know that when my person comes, he's going to have to match my flow. I'm going to have to match his flow. And and I know you ain't asked all that, but that's part of my plan. When we get together, that's gonna be part of the plan. Boo, you ready to change the world? Cause we about to change the world. That's right. You know, so that's, what that, we that's good. That that's good because that speaks of the now what you know. Yeah. What's the plan? 
Right. You know, when you have to ask now what, it, 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 now what means you don't know what's next. Right. But when you've made the plan and when you've, you know, one thing we used to say in the military was when you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Mm -hmm. And so when you make those plans and you make uh, your requests made known to each other, not just to God, but to each other, you know, um, it, it allows for proper planning and proper planning allows for proper execution. And when you properly execute, now you're moving, now you're moving, uh, you know, now you, you're moving in areas and ways that is mission critical. I don't went to my military talk now. And, you know, you're moving towards the desired outcome together. You know, like you said, we going to take over the world. We going to make this, would you say shmoney? Shmoney. <laughs> we going to make this shmoney, you know, uh, uh, you know, you know. But we're going to do it. Not just me, not just you. We're going to do this thing together. Mm -hmm. You know, the Bible says, and, and, and the two shall cleave and become one flesh. People used to, used to, used to think I was crazy because our married, our married ministry at the church is our singles ministry. And I go, what do you mean that's your singles ministry? Uh, yeah, because you're not single until you become married, because God's mathematical equation says that one plus one does not equal two, it equals one, because he said, and the two shall become one. So now we are single, we are single of mind, single of thought, single, of, you know, you, you have two eyes in your head, but they're both seeing the same thing, but from mm -hmm. two different points of view to right. give you the viewpoint that you have. Mm -hmm. The problem comes when one eye starts to see something differently, then you have double vision. Mm -hmm. When you have double vision, now you are a couple. But when you have single vision, now you're one. You're speaking the same thing. You're seeing the same thing. You're hearing the same thing. You're thinking the same thing. You're moving with the same trajectory. And, and so I, I always said our, our married ministry is for singles. It is for those who have become one. So, you know so. what I'm saying? And so, well, thank you, Kelly. And so, <laughs> and so, I think that's one of the, that's one of the things that, and I can speak transparently of myself. In the in my marriages where I failed was I didn't I didn't respect the singleness. I still saw us as a couple, meaning I'm the one working, I'm making all the money. You had the mall. I remember one one year, I think Jasmine remembers this. I remember one year my ex-wife, um, she went to the mall, and in well, one month, we let me and my ex-wife laughed about it a couple uh months ago. She said, You remember that time you let me go to the mall and I spent twenty-one thousand dollars in one month? And I said to her, I said, I do remember that. She said, she said, but she said, John, what were you thinking? I said, um, wait, 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 wait. That hurt my whole heart just now. <laughs> Let me tell you. What mall she go to? She was at Cross Creek in Fayetteville. Let me tell you, we went to the mall so many. <laughs> we went to the mall so, so much that month. And, and the funny thing was, I wasn't even with her all the time. I would drop her off and I would go. They knew and them work. by name at the mall. And, the store owner. Am I right, Jasmine? We would walk they in the mall, and the people name. in the stores would wave at us and say, "Hey, y'all coming in today?" <laughs> and so, 
you know, she said to me a couple months ago, she said, John, she said, what were you thinking? She said, why would you do that? I said, I thought, you know, that's what I was supposed to do. She said, I didn't need all that. She said, but I wasn't going to turn it down. And because I, I remember asking her, I, I looked in the bank account and I'm looking at the money we had left and I'm like, something's wrong here. And I said, and so I calculated, I said, I said that's a trip. That's a trip. I said, uh, I said, I said, there's $21,000 missing out of the account. She said, oh, she said, well, I did a little, a little shopping. I said, a little shopping. <laughs> I said, a little sh She said, she said, yeah, I just did a little shopping, you know? And so <laughs> I always tell myself, I said, this time I get married. Ain't going to be no $21,000 shopping spree at the mall. Not in one month. That might be spread out over some time. But that's not fair to the future wife. Not <laughs> Don't make her pay the penalty. But you know, I, I'm looking at it, and it's like, you know, but because I had this, my mindset was, I didn't see it until God showed it to me after mm -hmm. the marriage was over. God said the issue was you you did not realize that you had become one, so you were still operating as two. She was doing her thing. You were doing yours. You guys were clashing because there was no oneness. We, I was pastoring. She was the she was the first lady, but we weren't on the same sheet of music. We were we would look good in church, and in front of the people. I remember one time she got so mad at me in the middle of service when I came out of preaching. Jasmine to tell you, I walked in my office and everything was on the floor. She had walked out of the sanctuary, went in my office, and destroyed it. You probably used her as an example too much. I preached on something that was similar to something, but I never spoke about her and she took it personal. And so that's when I realized, okay, you, you gotta be careful because she's from Brooklyn. Look, you that's know, my she... biggest fear. Somebody somebody asked me, look, somebody I remember I was at some somewhere and I said they were across the line, but they were like, Oh yeah, you're gonna marry. I'm like, no, I'm not. Nope. <laughs> nope. And it's like, why? I was like, he put my business on the off. No, nope. I ain't been nobody's example. Nope. I don't want it. Yeah, because as preachers, we have to, as preachers, we have to be careful with that because we, and I'm just being honest, we get, and that was a play, that was, for me, that was a place of ministerial immaturity. Because in my immaturity, I preached everything I was going through. And, 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 and I, I posted something on Facebook the other day and I said, I said, stop talking until you heal because nobody wants to listen to your bitterness. Stop talking, you know, stop preaching until, until, you, can, until you can preach outside of what you've been. Everybody don't need to hear everything you're going through across the pulpit. You know, what I'm dealing with does not need to become the topic of the next 12 week series, you know, and so, but for me, that was a place of immaturity. And because I did not understand that when I did, when, when I said certain things concerning her, I was in essence speaking of myself. I didn't fully, un and, and it's hard a lot of times for preachers to be transparent and tell the truth and say, well, I missed it on that, but I missed it. I, for I forgot the text that said, husbands love your wives. As Christ has loved the church, and you have to be willing to get. I wasn't willing to give myself for her. I used to tell her, if the robber come and he chasing <laughs> us, you better be able to run in the heels. Because 
He ain't about to get me because I got to preach on Sunday. I got to, somebody got to live to tell a story. I got to, I will give a wonderful eulogy, but I got, she wasn't the preacher. So I had to make sure that, you know, I had to make that sermon. You know, I got to get this. Jasmine was sitting you know there waiting. What? You know the church what? was waiting on a message. Whoever that woman, who, look, call, look, when you get off this right here, call her and apologize. I'm gonna I did. You. I did. You know what? You know what? I can't say that. Okay, that, that's up there with me calling my ex-husband a punk for crying. <laughs> so I can't, I can't say nothing. But that... I, mean, I told sorry. <laughs> I apologize to trip him. You. I'm going to trip you. But I'm I was... I was but, and I would say it jokingly, but I was dead serious. I used to tell her, if, if she's... Because everybody know I don't swim. I don't get in the water because I don't do sharks. So everybody knows I'm not getting in the water. When I go to the beach, I go ankle deep and that's it. I go to my knee only if I'm playing with the kids and then I'm quickly hearing back because sharks like to beach themselves and, you know. So I, used, I, I remember she asked me one day, she said we were on a boat and she said, if I fall off the boat, will you jump in to get me? I said, who? Me? I said, I, I, said, uh, I, said, I said, I am not a hero. I said, you know what happened to the hero? I said, I'll jump in the water to save you. You live and I'll drown and die or the shark will end up beating me and then I'll be a memory. I said, no, we're not doing that. If you fall in the water, that's because you was too close to the edge. Thus, you are outside the will of God. And so it is not God's will that we both go. And the funny thing was, when I was saying it, it was joking. But in my mind, I was serious. Like, I'm not jumping in the water behind you. But now I've come to a place where I say, okay. So you want Ephesians 5 in it up then? You want Ephesians 5 in it then? I, I wasn't. And, and I have to be honest, I wasn't. I was I was John 1 and 1, me, this John. One and, <laughs> me, myself, and I, I'm focused on me because if, if I die, you're going to find somebody else to replace me. So before I let you replace me, I'm going to replace you right. because I'm thinking about me. But now I'm at a place where it's like, okay, when I get married again, I have to understand that I must give my, I must lay my life down for her. Not just my stuff. See, I'm real good at laying down my stuff. I'll give you the $21,000 and I'll think about it. You know, no problem here. Go ahead Put in a secret savings account. You know, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and not worry about it. My, you know, when I, the times that I was married, my, my ex-wives didn't work. They didn't have to work. I took care of everything. You can go to the mall and spend the $21,000. I'm going to work. I got it. You don't have to work. All I need you to do is make sure the kids is good. Make sure I have food when I come home. The house is clean. You can spend what you want to spend. I got it. But over time, I learned that that was, for me, that was a method of control. Mm -hmm. Because I could control. I'm the one that make the money. So if I want to cut the bank account, I can cut the bank account. If I don't want you to go to the mall, you ain't going to the mall. You know, and so that was because watch this. That was the environment and that was the examples that I had. So marriage to me was I'm the man, you the woman, me Tarzan, you Jane, do what I say. You can spend what you want, but my word is final. But at this point, it's like, okay, God. That can't be the mindset. The mindset has to be that we become one flesh. And whoever I enter into that covenant with, 
she has to know that she is just as valuable as I am and that her voice is just as powerful and potent as mine is and that I won't make a move without her just like I expect her not to make a We have to come together. You know, but that comes from a place of maturity, you know, and 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 that kind of leads me into the, the, the next and I guess the last question for the evening. Can you handle what's left? You know, can you handle what's left? A friend of mine, his wife said to me, I think I talked about this Friday. His wife said to me, Shafi, why wasn't I remarried yet? And I told her, I said, you know, because most of the women that want to marry me, they don't want to marry me because they want John. They want to marry me because they want the archbishop. They want the man of God. They want the second row seat with the big hat. They want to walk in and have armor bearers and all that. I said, but they don't want me. They want what they see in the pulpit, but they can't handle what's left because what comes out of that pulpit is drained. He, he needs to be poured back into, you know, can you minister to the minister? Can you, can you, can you handle what's left because what's left ain't always pretty. You know, and I talked about that earlier when I talked about Bishop Parker and uh, uh, Pastor Najee, that um, she has to handle what's left. Not just Bishop Parker, but she has to be able to handle Chris Parker and what's left. And he ain't always, I'm pretty sure he ain't always smiling. He have good days and bad days. She have good days and bad days. But you gotta be able to handle that and it goes back to what I said Friday and be able to cover what's left and not expose what's well, child. Y'all see if he anointed, but y'all don't even know. He got the nastiest attitude in the world. That ain't for everybody to know. You got to be able to cover what's left. But in order to do that, you got to be able to handle what's left. So talk on that, on that. Can you, you know, can you handle what's left or, or what can you, or what can you not handle? Um, I wanted to say yes. something. Um, I wanted to, can you guys hear me? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, I wanted to say something um, just based off of what I was hearing uh, you say. Um, one thing I think that is extremely important in handling um, everything that's left, you know, handling the person at, you know, the handling the I want to say the aftermath of the person, but handling the person after everything, um, you know, that they do after, you know, uh, everything. One thing I think that is key always show, always have um, one of my friends, she's married, she's been married for a while. And, um, you know, one thing she had mentioned to me was always having a united front even when behind closed doors, you may not be 100% on one accord. Um, always putting up a united front. Um, and my mom growing up, it was not of us. Um, and so um, there were times where me and my sisters or me and my siblings, we'd be out in public arguing. And that was a no-go for my mom. Um, she said, you know, you argue behind closed doors, but when you walk outside, you two are walking together because, you know, people see that, oh, they're against one another. They're arguing, you know, with one another, or, you know, there's some sort of uh, division between them two. It's going to be for, you know, things to slip in. And when it comes to 
um, to a relationship, you know, um, and a marriage, it's, you always have to put up a united front. Mm-hmm. Um, and I learned that and she, uh, she was telling me that, you know, even if, um, like even with kids, um, because I have a child and I'm bringing a child into a relationship um, because kids, my daughter, she'll play me against, you know, someone else. She's around my brother a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I'll tell her, no, she'll go to my brother and say, uncle, mommy said I couldn't have this. My brother's not going to go behind me and say, well, okay, yes, he know, you know, kids are good for that. And so that's just like with other people, they'll try to play you against one another. And so I think that it is extremely important, you know, with everything under the umbrella of everything is to always have a united front, no matter what, even if, you know, you can't stand that person five minutes ago, when you walk out in front of other people, in front of family, um, friends, whatever, always put up a united front, you know, not to sit there and say you have to be happy 24 seven, but you're showing the world that we're not against one another, at least that they can see. Because if people can see any sort of division, that's how the enemy can slip in, you know? And it's just, that, that's all that I had to add because I felt like that was kind of like an umbrella statement to what you guys were saying. Um, you know, even with my brother, because I did see a lot of um, that one particular marriage unfold. And one thing that I never really saw with them was a united front. Um, and I'm come from a single parent household, you know, we had a few stepdads just being transparent. Um, but I never, I never got to experience what a happy marriage is. Um, so this one particular friend that I have, she's a godmother to my daughter. I'm, you know, I appreciate her um, because she does teach me a lot because I do desire to get married one day. And so that's one thing that I just, you know, I felt like was extremely important for people with um, being in relationships and getting married, you know, you have to be prepared to always have that united front, regardless of your differences behind the sword. So, um, so that was my, my blanket to statement. To disagree. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, and, you know, I was dating someone uh, and I said to them, I said, one thing that we must always do is agree to disagree. And I think when you can learn to agree to disagree, um, then it, 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 it says that I respect your viewpoint, you respect mine. We may not see eye to eye on this, but I re- we respect each other enough to agree to disagree. And I'm with you, Lenny, what you said earlier, that whole sleeping on the couch, and I, I made yeah. that very clear. I don't care how mad we get. I don't care, you know, I don't, I, I, I don't care how bad it is. You will have an attitude next to me. You can turn your back and face the other way, but you're gonna be laying in that bed just in case I roll over. Hey. Uh, I'm not. I don't do floors. I don't. I don't sleep in the doghouse. I don't sleep on the sofa unless I fell asleep watching a movie. And if you get an attitude and walk out of the room and go to the couch, you better believe when I wake up, I'm coming to the couch with you. We're gonna be two jokers squished up on the couch because we are stupid. Because when and when you talk about that united front, it cannot just be out there for people, but the enemy must also see that united front so that yeah. he knows that he has no foothold 
because this is why the Bible says, you know, when you do separate yourself for the purpose of fasting and prayer, he said immediately come back together so that you don't give place to the enemy. And so, you know, um, but talk about that, uh, if you would, Lenny, that, that, you know, can you handle what's, what's left? You know, he, he's had a hard day. You've had a hard day, not in the best of moods, you know, can you, a lot of people get to those points, he had a bad day, and then they run to social media or they, they run to the chat line or they, you know, because they couldn't handle what, all they expected was the good days. They were not prepared for the bad days. I think that, um, I think it's important that people understand that our job is to love each other like God loves us to the best of our ability. And when you grasp that concept, um, it makes love a little easier because it if you are constant, if you constantly remind yourself of how much God loves you, you it's, it, it, you can't help but love your spouse the way you're supposed to. Mm -hmm. um, and what I mean by that, people ask, I forgive real quick and real easy. Why? Because I think about how quickly God forgives me. Yeah. And I feel like if we, me holding on to it is wasting time and it's taking up too much space. It has nothing to do with that whole thing. Well, when you forgive people, it helps you know, I just want to get done with it. Okay, God, I forgive them. Bam, and I'm done. Yeah. I'm literally done. I'm done yeah. with it. I'm not going to bring it back up. I'm not going to because I, I have never, I, I can't remember a time when God reminded me, in a, I'm a dreamer, so I've never, he's never reminded me of something I did that was wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm always constantly reminded of his love for me. Um, so if I'm supposed to love him, you know, you know, like Christ loves us, and I'm supposed to do that whole Colossian thing, um, I'm going to have to love the hell out of him. Mm. That's right. And I'm going to have to love him in the bad days and in the good days. I'm going to have to love him when he's been a straight butthole. I'm going to have to love. I'm going to have to love him because I'm also going to have to realize that I, he's human. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to realize that. I'm going to, have, I'm going to know that. You I gotta think, love him um, when he don't protect you from them sharks. Right. <laughs> no. <laughs> But I mean, but you know what? In all honesty, you know, even right now when we were talking, I was like, oh, I was kind of judging you for a minute. And I thought, well, you know what? What's wrong with him loving his life? You know, <laughs> if I get on the boat, if, if a woman get on the boat, no, she can't. You know what I'm saying? I'll be honest. I was like, dang, that's kind of cold, Archbishop. You know? Uh, <laughs> but what's wrong with you loving your life enough to, you know? Mm -hmm. Cause I ain't jumping in no ocean. Look, I'm gonna be just like the Titanic. You better get off this door, you know. Um, being real, like straight up. Um, but I think um, I had some. I, my ex husband asked me one time. He said we were in the the worst worst space in our marriage, and um, I loved him. At this point, I love this man, you know. And I, he said, how how. How do you know? How do you know this love is real? 
How you know? And I said, because I know it's real because I love you beyond reason. Mm. I don't have a condition for the love. Yeah, that's good. And I think this is why we're supposed to love each other beyond uh, beyond condition. Because if you have, if you love someone with a condition, it's not true. That's right. You know what I mean? Because that it, it's not everlasting love. Because if I love you because of a condition, that condition changed, my love gonna change. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the question was. Can you handle what the life after? Yes, I can handle it. And I think any woman or any mature person, man or woman, because women have bad days too. They have about one week out of the month for sure. <laughs> um, so I think um, it's important that you understand the concept of love. Yeah. And you understand and you tr and, and the concept of trust and looking at the overall picture and and not wearing your feelings on your sleeves yeah. you know I, I coach cheerleading and I, I tell my girls I said do you want to be great and they yeah coach yeah we want to be great I'm like no 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 do you want to be the cream of the crop yeah yeah coach that's me I said no 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 and we call ourselves the tiger I said but do you want to be a diva do you want to be a tiger diva and they'll say yeah, coach, come on now. I said, okay, well, listen. Rule number one, leave your feelings at the door. Because in order for you to get to where you want, it's going to take correction. Mm -hmm. It's going to take hard work, dedication, and commitment. Yeah. Loyalty. And I said, and we're going to have to be loyal to each other. And I think it's the same concept. You know, mm -hmm. like once you re realize that, you know what? He gonna have bad days. Everybody's gonna have a bad day. I mean, we know we're gonna have these things when we say I do. It's a part of the vows, the good and the bad. Yeah. So you have to remind yourself of the the contract, the commitment, you know, and 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 love love the hell out of them. You know, I, everybody's gonna have a bad day. Everybody's gonna everybody's gonna have a bad day. Every day might not be your day to talk about your day. Sometimes you just need to shut up and listen to his day or her day. You know, yeah, it's. Yeah. This is why it's important not to be selfish. When you're married, you can't be selfish. That's right. You can't be selfish with yourself. You know, you got to be open to sharing yourself and allowing somebody else to be the priority of the moment or of the hour or of the day. And um, especially if you are with someone of leadership, because leadership carries weight. Jesus wept, it carries yeah. weight. That it does. Whether it's 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 in, in a job or or you know whatever it is, it carries weight. Um, I, I my heart goes out to like I, I my heart goes out to um, pastors and their 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 wives particularly because you know I, I watch our bishop and he comes up and he preaches and he's preaching so hard and the sweat's popping up on his head and. He's, you know, and you could any preacher, and I always notice that when they're done, they're, they look so weak. Yeah, yeah. And so they look very drained. And I watch them because both of them are powerhouses, okay? So I've watched they serve each other. Yeah. And I think it's I think it's amazing to to watch. Like when she's preaching and she's going, like she she's a beast with it, like a little small beast. Mm -hmm. and, and 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 when she sits down, I see him go. Job, you know, I, I could see him being attentive to her, even in the bishop role. 
yeah. he's still husband and yeah. he's still and he's still leader and he's he's checking on her and i don't even know if anybody else is noticing this but he always looks at her you know make sure she's good and then he goes on to what he has to do and then like and it's the other way around too because like he could be up there preaching like sunday he was preaching and and and, and when they went up she was making sure his you know okay babe you know you know making sure he was good mm-hmm. um i think that and then I noticed that afterwards, you know, they spend their time time together a little bit before. And I always wonder, I remember my old, my other pastor used to do that. And um, she told me, she said, because I got to go build my man back up before you come back out there. And I and she would actually go pray for her husband. Like after he finished laying hands with everybody, they go to the back. And it's because she's praying over her husband. She's praying strength back over him. And, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, and I'm thinking, I was wondering if anybody did that. Like, who's going to build up the preacher? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and so I, and, and, it's, and I watch, um, I'm, I, I work in, I work in the school system and um, I, I watch how um, our principals, they work so hard um, and they have so many stresses on them. And I often wonder like, okay, who's there to help them? Yeah. Like they have to come in and take on all these kids' problems, all this stuff. Who's there to say you're doing a good job? Who's there to say, okay, what happened today? You know, and I think that it's important that we realize that we are each other's cheerleaders. That's we right. are there to say, go bay, go bay, and we're there to say, you did that, boy. You know, that's our job. That's part of our job description as as a, as a wife. Mm-hmm. That's part of shaping him. You know, and when they have those days where they just that when life hits and sometimes it hits hard, that's when you really got to dig deep and display and show the love of Christ, because that's when they need them the most. This is why it's important that as as a wife, I can't really speak for the husband because I'm not a man, um, don't have a plans to be one. But as um, but as a wife, it's very important. That's why I said that praying thing is something because you always have to stay built up because, and that comes with being the help meet. And you have to be able to be pliable or able to be seasoned for whatever flavor you need to display. Oh, that was dope. Let me write that down. But um, good. Good. but you know what I'm saying? Listen, help <laughs> that me, was good, right? You can make meat taste like anything you want to, if you season it the mm-hmm. right way. Okay, so that's yeah. just like a wife. We got to be able to be seasoned for what is necessary, what is desired at the moment. I remember one time we was at this thing with Creflo Dollar. They did like this family gathering thing, and we were married, so we went to the couples thing and. He was talking about the power of a praying wife. He was talking about the book and everything. And he was talking about how he had gotten a car accident and 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 he uh, was a little distraught. You know, like, okay, oh man, he was shooken by it. He, sh- he shook him. And the people around him, his brothers that was with him was like, they didn't know what to say. They were all shook. So he called his wife to tell him, baby, I can't. He was, you know, crying. And she knew right then in the moment, hey, bro, you are a man of, you know, like she built him up. Look what God did for you. Come on, baby, you got, I mean, she knew to build him up, you know, any other wife, if it wasn't his wife, somebody else's wife would have just said, oh, baby, no, no, but she knew what season Mm -hmm. he needed at that time, you know what I mean, like, what kind of meat she needed to be, what kind of pressure she needed to apply, so I think that as a wife, in order to be able to handle 
um, life, what happens or life or life after or whatever in those moments. This is why it's important to know your mate. This is why it's important to pay attention to details because there might be some days he has a bad day at work and you might just need to be um, listening and um, sympathetic. Like, you know, show sympathy or show compassion, compassion. And then there's some days he might have a bad day at work and you just say, okay, what? okay, but baby, this is what we're going to do. You got to be a ride or die. You know, you got to be, come on, baby, charging up. You got to know what season you need to display, what your flavor yeah. need to be for that day. Yeah. So I think that, <clears throat> and I think that um, in order for a, a, a spouse to be able to handle what comes after life in general, after the glam and the, the big lady hats and, and after the, um, you know, the six figure salaries, after all that, you got to be able to love the person and pay attention to the person yeah. and not the accolades that come with it. Yeah. This is why it's important that, you know, the Bible tells us, um, and all of our getting to get understanding that it's not just for the Bible. That's what everything in life. Yeah. So that's even what you're saying. So you got to take the time to really spend time and invest time. That's why it's important to court. That way you can know the person that you're, that you're, that you're with and, and you know how to handle what they're going through. Because a lot of times, most of the time, if you're a wife, if you're a wife and you're spiritually connected with that person, you're going to already know before it happens what's going to happen. If that makes sense, like I've never had, I've never had a situation with my ex that I didn't already know was going to happen. Yeah, I was, God would never let you be taken by surprise. Yeah. He's always, he's That's always going to let you know. You're right. That discernment. So I don't know if I, I don't, I don't know if I'm answering any of your questions. You, you, right, you, you did answer. Yeah. You did, and, <laughs> and it's, it's important, like you said, that not just for the wife, but also for the husband to know. Uh, like you said, what seasoning you need to be at that moment. Yeah. How much pressure to apply at that moment so that when these situations arise and they will, you are able to be that solid rock that that individual... Now, now sometimes sometime the individual doesn't need a solid rock. They, need a, they, need a, they just need a firm pillow. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes they don't need something that's that hard. You know, and that's something that I have to learn as a man, especially being military and being retired military. I analyze everything. Everything is situation awareness. I'm, I'm mission ready at all times. I'm, I'm, you know, if you tell me something going wrong at work, the first thing I'm thinking is stop telling me what's going wrong. Just get to the point so I can find a solution. Mm -hmm. Sometimes she don't want a solution. Mm -hmm. Sometimes all she wants is an ear to hear right. and to listen. To, and same thing with that man. Sometimes that man doesn't always need the feedback. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he just needs you to sit back and let him divulge. And, and sometimes you you got to be willing to be his sounding board, right? You know, and understand mm -hmm. that he may even be yelling while he's talking, but he's not yelling at you. The yell that you hear is the frustration of the situation, mm -hmm. and you're 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 absorbing it. And, and it's like a tree. It's like, a, thank you, Holy Ghost. That's why the Bible said for us to be like trees planted by rivers of living water. Mm -hmm. We have trees, when we, when we release carbon monoxide, which mm -hmm. is poison, mm -hmm. trees take that poison, they convert it into mm -hmm. necessary oxygen and release it back out. Mm -hmm. So what you dispersed as poison, they take in and release 
and give life. So we have to be able to be that tree in each other's life mm-hmm. that when one of us is releasing toxins, whether it's from our day or whatever it is, when we're releasing those toxins, you have to be the tree that has the capacity to take that toxic stuff in, not take it personal, but convert it and then give it back in a way that restores life where there was where there was pain and death and, and weakness. And and you know that you know that comes with you know being able to handle what's left. Because what's left, like you said, ministry, especially ministry and leadership as a whole, I can speak for ministry and military. When when you're in leadership, you're under a lot of weight, under a lot of pressure. I always mm-hmm. say, who prays for the prayer warrior? Mm-hmm. Who prophesies to the prophet? Mm-hmm. Who ministers to the minister? Yeah. Who pastors the pastor? Right. You know, when you're in leadership and you, you're, you're taking it from every angle, the one thing you don't want to do is go home and take it there too. Right. Because you run home because home is supposed to be your place of safety. It's a safe haven. You know, and so... You, you answered that question. You, you answered it, um, and I thank you for answering it, answering it. And for the two of you, and for all the ladies who have been with us uh, the last couple of days, uh, today and Friday, for being transparent. Uh, because I can tell by the messages that I get that that you all have helped and are helping other women who are going through. I always tell people. Connect with those who have already overcome what you are now coming over. Mm-hmm. They know the way. You know, it reminds me of a story. We're going to get out of here. It reminds me of a story of a man who found himself down in a ditch, in a hole, and he couldn't get out. And the police officer went by, and he asked the police officer for help. The police officer said, I can't help you, but I'll write you a citation. So next thing you know, a nun goes by. He says to the nun, I need your help. I'm down in this hole, and I can't get out the nun says, I can't help you, but I'll pray for you. Next thing you know, he, he sees he sees a doctor. and He says, help me, I'm in this hole and I can't get out. Doctor says, I cannot help you, but here's a prescription. Then he sees a friend and he says, friend, I'm stuck in this hole and I can't get out. And the friend jumps in the hole. And the man is sitting and he's shocked. He's like, what are you doing? Have you lost your mind? I told you I was stuck in this hole and, and now you're down here with me. What were you thinking? The friend said, yes, but I've been here before and I know the way out. And so connect with people who have overcome what you are now coming over. Get with people you know, who, who don't mind sometimes jumping down in that hole with you because they've been there before. Right. And they can be transparent and say, but I know the way out because I've been through this. And I believe that many of the women who have been watching and men who have been watching have found themselves in those holes. But over the Friday and today, you all have jumped into those holes with them and said, you know what? We've been here and we know the way out. And so based on the messages that I've gotten and the feedback that I've gotten, you guys have really blessed a lot of women and men. You've blessed me. And I am I am just so grateful for uh, you all being with us Friday and today and even thank you for those who weren't able to get back on tonight uh, because you know school is getting ready to start parents are getting ready um, my kids are a little different because 
they're going to, they're doing private homeschool. So um, I know the school systems are doing like regular school days. So if the school starts at 8 and ends at 2.30, the kids have to be there at 8, 2.30. My <laughs> kids are going to, um, they're only required. Yeah, I know, Jasmine, I know. I know. <laughs> But the, the school that my kids are going to, their school, um, it's it's homeschool, it's um, it's online, but they only get two one-hour live sessions a week, and everything else is done at their own pace as long as they get the work turned in. So it's a lot more flexible for me, um, and because they can kind of flow on their own, you know, I step in when necessary. Um, hopefully, it's not necessary. Because I, I really have things to do. But um, I want to thank you all for giving us your time um, and your heart on these matters and being transparent and, and talking to us. Um, for those of you who are watching, um, if you have more questions, feel free to shoot me those questions and, and uh, we'll respond to them. If you put them down underneath the video, We'll respond to those questions. If it's too personal and you want to put it in the inbox, uh, reach out. We'll try to respond to those questions as, as quickly as possible. Um, and next, this Friday, I'll be on with the men. Um, I'll be on with the men. Uh, we'll talk. We'll be talking about the definition of a husband. We've talked about the wife. Now, we understand the definition of a wife, but some of us men need to understand the definition of a husband. And I was one of them. I needed to know. Go ahead. I have a question suggestion. Uh -huh. Can you ask the man? Because they're going to. I always wondered. I think some of the problems that I've noticed is that a lot of men, a lot of people can't handle what they pray for. So maybe a question could be can you handle a good wife? Yeah. Mm. That's a good question. Shoot me that I question like in my know. inbox and I'm going to okay. add it to my list. If y'all got questions y'all want me to ask the men, yeah, shoot them to me. Shoot them to me because we're we going to talk about it and we're going to be we're gonna be transparent. I mean, y'all were transparent. We're going to be transparent. We're going to be talking about everything. You know, I mean, I hope the brothers is ready because I talk about everything. Oh, you know, sure. I, I'm, I'm watching know. this. I'm watching. Yeah. Yeah, y'all watch because we're going to talk about everything. Uh, uh, everything, you know, everything. I don't, I don't. <laughs> but uh, again, thank you, lady. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank uh, you. I pray that you all have a great night. Listen, let's pray before we before we close out. Father, we just thank you. We praise you, God. We honor you for another opportunity to just not just come into your presence, God, but to speak truth according to your word. God, and to talk about how you brought us through these circumstances and situations, how you've strengthened and how you've shaped and molded us. God, and we pray that we've been a blessing to someone that is listening and preparing to venture into marriage or is in a marriage and wondering how in the world do I do this? God, I pray that we've been a blessing and that they have heard us say something that will let them know that it's okay to keep going. It's okay. Strengthen yourself and keep going. So Father, we thank you. We honor you. Father, bless these women who have shared of themselves over these couple of days. Father, restore back to them whatever they've poured out, some 40, some 60, some 100 fold, but God, even a thousand fold, which is the number of the kingdom. We bless you. We honor you. And we praise you in Jesus name. <laughs> Ladies, I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, everyone. Thank you. Make sure y'all send me those questions.
Make sure you have some of those questions right now. I will. Send them right now. Send them to you now. Sounds Love good. All right. Y'all be blessed and good night. Good night. Thank you for listening to J. Antoine Minor Speaks. Until next time, stay woke.